Hey, what's up, guys? We are so excited that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online community at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can connect and engage with other Grace members around the world. So, we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in. I heard about a pastor who was raising money for a, a building project, and so he told his congregation one Sunday morning, he said, hey, if anybody will give $1,000, we'll give you the privilege of picking out the next three hymns. A little lady in the back of the congregation raised her hand and said, Pastor, I'll do it. I'll give $1,000. He was so excited. He said, thank you very much. So go ahead and pick out the hymns that you want. She stood up, looked around the congregation, picked out three gentlemen and said, I'll take him and him and him. <laughs> I mean, know in communication, you got to be clear about what you want to do. Hey, today is Kingdom Builders Sunday, and we have a chance, I'm going to give you a chance to change the world right here from Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, today, everybody is going to be given a chance to partner with us through Kingdom Builders to make a difference here in our community and, and throughout the world. Now, for those of you that are new, and, and perhaps you don't quite understand what Kingdom Builders is, Kingdom Builders is our one fund approach to funding global missions, our local outreach projects and expansion, and investing in future Christian leaders. So global, local, future. That's our strategy of giving to kingdom builders. And everyone should have received a card like this when you walked in today. If you didn't receive one, I'd like our ushers, if you guys wouldn't make yourself available real quick, if you didn't get one of these, would you please raise your hand? And our ushers will make sure that you get one of these. We've got several people with their hand raised. So keep it up for just a moment. Uh, thank you so much. We want everybody to do this. And if you wouldn't mind, just go ahead right now and get started on this card. Put your name there, your address, cell phone and email address. And then we'll talk about the rest of this when we get toward the end of the message today, if that's okay. So before we talk about what we're going to give, can I take a minute and talk about why we give? The reason we give is because our hearts have been touched by God. Would you say amen? The re we don't give out of condemnation. We don't give out of guilt. We don't give, give out of pressure. We give because God has done something for us. God has done something in us. God has done, is doing something through us, and because our hearts have been touched by God, we're going to give. Our, this is a heart issue. Uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, he said, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one gives as he purposes Say it with me, in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I want you to notice that Paul is saying that when it comes to giving, it's a heart issue. This is about what God's done in your heart. It's not about pressure. It's not about condemnation. It's, 
talking about giving should be a happy thing. Now, it's been quiet so far in these first few minutes when I announced that it was Kingdom Builder Sunday. And I think part of the reason why is because some, some of us have been conditioned by our culture, okay, I picked the wrong Sunday to come to church. <laughs> but I, I, I hope that that's not your heart or your attitude at all because it's not mine and it's not this church's. No one's going to be pressured to do anything. Nobody's going to be guilted or condemned into doing anything because our motivation for giving is because our hearts have been touched by God. I'm already preaching better than your amen in today. Because when it comes to giving, this is a happy thing. The, God said, the scripture says he loves a cheerful giver. God, God loves it when we get his heart and our motivation for giving is out of joy. I heard about a mother who wanted to teach her daughter a lesson about giving. So she gave her little girl a quarter and a dollar for church. And she said, put whichever one you want in the offering and keep the other for yourself. So when they were coming out of church, the mom asked the daughter, she said, uh, well, what did you uh, ask her daughter which amount she had given? The little girl said, well, I was going to give the dollar. But just before the offering, the pastor said that we should all be cheerful givers. I knew I'd be a lot more cheerful if I gave the quarter, so I did. We want to change that, don't we? I don't give because I have to. I give because I get to. That's the heart of God. I don't give because, you know, somebody put all kinds of pressure on me. No, I give because I'm joyful about it. My attitude, our attitude is I don't give to get something from God. I give because God is good. Because God is generous. Because God has saved me. And God has blessed me. And God has provided for every need. Come on, somebody, right? That's our motivation for giving today. I love what Randy Alcorn said in his book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. And if you haven't read that book, I would highly recommend you read it. But he said there is a powerful relationship between our true spiritual condition and our attitude and actions concerning money and possessions. What Randy Alcorn is saying is exactly what Paul was saying. He goes, our hearts are connected to this. The, the way we approach this is the way that we approach God. We serve a generous God, so we are going to be generous. I'm going to say that again. I serve a generous God who has been abundantly generous to me, so I'm going to be abundantly generous to God as well. Now, what does giving look like? What does that mean? Well, first of all, if your heart's been touched by God, then we give the tithe out of obedience. So why do I give a tithe? Well, because my heart's been touched by God, because God saved me, right? And the word tithe literally means, it's an Old Testament word that literally means 10th, 10%. And I'm glad God did, God uh, made the tithe a 10th and not like point. One, seven, four, five, six, right? He made it super simple in all of us. Give the first and the best to God. I love what Deuteronomy 14 verse 23 says. He said, the purpose of tithing is to teach us to put God first in our lives. Everybody say first. 
Now, we spent almost uh, all, the whole month of January uh, talking about putting God first in our lives, in our schedules, uh, in, our, in our finances. And, and so, uh, by the way, uh, over 100 families took the first challenge uh, in the month of January by beginning to tithe for the very first time. I think there should be a celebration for all those men and women and uh, young adults and college students who said, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to put God first in tithing. So we celebrate that. Now we know, uh, again, just by way of review, what happens when I, get, when I put God first? Well, uh, it increases my capacity. It communicates priority. And it impacts the rest. You guys remember that? So when I, got, when I put God first in every area of my life, it increases my capacity. It communicates to everyone around me what's most important, and it has a major impact on the rest. Now, I want to illustrate uh, this to you in a, in a pro- hopefully a creative way, because the tithe is simply about giving God the first and the tenth of what we have. And so I've got some people who are going to help me. So let's say that you get 10 watermelons, all right? So if, if you get 10 watermelons, what do you do with the first? You give it to God, okay? So over here is the Lord's table. So we're going to give God the first watermelon. The other nine is on our table, okay? So this is the Lord's table. This is God's table. So you get 10 pineapples. What do you do with the first pineapple? You put it on the Lord's table. So it goes right over here. This is the Lord's pineapple, okay? And the other nine pineapples go on your table. Here we go with lettuce, I think the Lord created lettuce for a reason. I'm not quite sure why he created it, but you give the first one to, to the Lord. You put it on the Lord's table. The rest of the lettuce goes on the Lord's table. Celery. Does anybody actually eat celery? Wow, it's a celery kind of service. Anyway, so first, the first of the 10 uh, stalks of celery go on the Lord's table. The other one goes on your table. Cauliflower. How many know cauliflower is a result of the fall? This is part of the curse of sin. But they do make pizza out of it, so God has redeemed cauliflower. So we put, we, put, we put the one on the Lord's table, right? The rest goes here. Cantaloupe, this is part of the fruit salad that you never eat. Come on, somebody, right? So, but if I get 10 cantaloupe, I put the cantaloupe right there, and the rest of those nine go on the Lord's table. So this is the Lord's table. This is your table. What is, what is this? Oh, you can tell how much time I spend in the vegetable aisle. This is butternut squash, okay? So if I get 10 butternut squash, the first one goes, Lord's table, the rest of them go over here. Again, what is this? Eggplant. I can't remember the last time I ate eggplant, okay? But if I get 10 eggplants, the first one goes on the Lord's table, the rest go here. Bananas. I love me some bananas. This is why God made fruits and vegetables. Is bananas a fruit or a vegetable? It is a fruit? All right. So the first one goes here. The rest goes on your table. Green peppers. I recognize that. I had this yesterday. Okay. Uh, so the, the first of 10 green peppers goes on Lord's table. Uh, the rest of the green peppers go over here. All right. Here we go. This is a mango. Mango, mango. 
all right? I had one of these in Africa years ago. Tasted very good. Uh, So the first mango goes on the Lord's table. The rest go on your table. This is an orange, okay? So oranges, first one goes on the Lord's table. The rest go on your table. This is the Lord's table. The Bible says it's holy. It's God's. And the rest is yours, okay? Zucchini. Had this yesterday too. So zucchini. I like zucchini. So if we get zucchini, first one goes on the Lord's table. The rest is over here. All right. And bags of apples. All right. There's all kinds of apples. But if you get 10 bags of apples, what do you do with the first one? You go, you use it to start a food fight or no? No. Okay. So the first bag of apples goes on the Lord's table. The rest go on your table. I want to show you something. So who does this belong to? To God. He says the tithe is mine. So we return the tithe. Let me me clarify this for you. We don't give the tithe. Because you don't give what doesn't belong to you. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. So we return the tithe to God. Why? Out of obedience. And the reason God says, I do this, is so that you can learn, it's a heart training tool, to put me first in your life. Now, here's the good news. Look at your table. Your table is awesome. Your table is amazing. God says, give me the 10th, and I'll bless the rest. I love what Malachi says about this in Malachi chapter 3. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you, watch this, so much blessing that there won't even be room enough for you to receive it. Your table is overflowing. Your table is blessed. Why? Because you gave the first to God. Does this make sense, everyone? When I give God the first, he blesses the rest. Now, why am I teaching this to you? Well, I guess the church must be in financial trouble. It's actually the opposite. This church is blessed. And the reason this church is blessed is because we are filled with people who believe this is true. And because, let me just go ahead and say, we don't preach this to try to get money from you. This is a discipleship issue and a heart issue to help you understand that when you get your priorities right, stuff starts to work out a whole lot better. Does anybody want to testify that when I put God first in my finances, he blesses the rest? That's, that's the heart of God. And this is not just the testimony of people in the church. Did you know that the business world is full of testimonies of people like this? People like J.D. Rockefeller and J.L. Kraft of Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Uh, Some of you have heard of the Templeton Foundation, uh, which is responsible for giving billions, not millions, billions of dollars for research and investment. The founder, John Templeton, said this. He said, I've observed... 100,000 families over my years of investment counseling. I always saw greater prosperity and happiness among those families who tithed than among those who didn't. Happiness, prosperity. Sign me up, Jesus. That's what we want. Why? Because we put God first. 
Now, uh, this is something that Tracy and I have practiced all of our lives. We put God first and we're blessed. Can I tell you that this is something that this church has been practicing from the beginning? We decided early on that we were going to tithe what is given in the tithe. We're going to give it away to missions and outreach projects. And can I tell you that last year, 2022, this church gave away 20% of what we received to global, local, future Christian leaders. 20%. That's a pretty good patty cake. But I'm, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. But you say, why, why are you telling us that? Because I want you to know this is not something I'm preaching to you. This is something that we practice. This is something that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And maybe you should understand it this way. Last year, for the first time ever, you gave a million dollars away through Kingdom Builders, through global outreach projects, local expansion, and future Christian leaders. Now you should give God praise for the first time ever, a million dollars. And I wish I could tell you that we planned for that. I actually got a report in January. Hey, pastor, we went over a million dollars in Kingdom Builders. I'm like, that's not right. If, if we would have gone over a million dollars, I would have known it. <laughs> but I didn't even know it that, that, our, that our generosity had, had increased to that level. And the reason is because a million dollars is just a number. All right. Our strategy was not to break a million dollars. It's just a reflection of the heart of this church and the attitude of the people. It's a joy to give. It's a blessing to give because God's a generous God. And, and that leads me to the second thing I want to tell you today, that a heart that is touched by God doesn't just give the tithe out of obedience. We give generously over and above the tithe. And why do we do that? We don't stop at 10%. We give above and beyond because, again, this is a matter of our hearts. God has been generous to me. How many know when God gave us Jesus, he gave us his first and his best? And because of Jesus, we have eternal life. But did you know that we don't just get eternal life when we get Jesus? We also get healed. We also get restored. We also are made more than conquerors through him who loved me. And Ephesians chapter 1 says, because of Jesus Christ, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. When God gave us Jesus, he didn't just give us salvation. He gave us so much more because he's generous. And God is extravagantly generous to me. And so after we get return the tithe, I, I've even heard people teach it this way, that, that we're not even generous when we return the tithe. We don't even start generosity until we start giving what's left over from our table. And, and go over and above giving says, God, I'm going to return the tithe to you, but I'm going to put a little bit more on your table from my table because you've, you have blessed me, you have provided for me, and you've made a way for me, so I'm going to move more from this table to this table. That's over and above giving. That's, that's generosity. And, and the reason is because God has been generous to me. So I don't just stop at the tithe. I give over and above the tithe. Don't shout me down. But at our church, uh, we call over and above giving kingdom builders. I've got another illustration I want to show to you to help you understand uh, what kingdom builders uh, looks like. So uh, a few years ago, we 
we learned that it's, it's a much more simple way. How do, we, how do we identify over and above giving? Well, we, we decided that we were going to go with this idea called Kingdom Builders. So think about it this way. At our church, we actually have two buckets. We've got the tithe bucket, and we've got the Kingdom Builder bucket. So the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's the Lord's table, right? And so it's holy, and so we give our tithe to the Lord. Make sense? And so anything above the tithe goes in this bucket called Kingdom Builders. Think of Kingdom Builders as a giant Jesus mutual fund. Okay, let me, let me explain it to you this way. Um, at our church, in a lot of churches... Uh, any given Sunday, you're going to hear about a need. You're going to hear about an opportunity. Uh, hey, there's a need for Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights. People are finding freedom through Jesus Christ. Let's make sure they have what they need. Oh, count me in. Uh, I want to help Celebrate Recovery, but do I take from the tithe and put it in the Celebrate Recovery? Or, or, or here, comes, here comes a live dead missionary who's serving in an in a, in a unreached people group and, and uh, they're, they're starting a business in a predominantly Muslim country. Man, I want to be part of that. I want to see unreached people groups found for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, but but where, do I, where do I get the money? Do I put a dollar here and a dollar here and, and you know, benevolence? And you know, there are people in, in our community that are in need and, you know, and we want to help them in emergency situations like that. And, but wh- where does the money come from? Our building campaign, you know, uh, you know, what, what, what do we do in the future when we need buildings and expansion and things like that? You know, do we do, do we do another three year campaign? Let it never be Jesus. (laughs) Don't say amen. Okay. Our food pantry, man, making a difference just yesterday. uh, Again, just setting another record serving people who are in need in our community, the parking lot. How about how there's an earthquake in Turkey People need disaster relief. We know that Convoy of Hope is already there. And so, man, our hearts are moved for that. And we want to do, we want to help out Convoy and Project Rescue and summer camps. We want to help kids go to camp because we know when they go to camp, most of them are greatly impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of them get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, called to ministry. Great stuff happens at camp. So we have all of these buckets that we have opportunity to give to. Uh, The problem is, which one do we prioritize? And where does the money come from? Uh, The... uh a lot of us have gone to churches where that giving envelope that we, you know, that we used to use, it had like 14 lines on it. <laughs> you know, you had the tithe and then you had all these, all these things that were there. Or you go to the electronic giving portal and, and uh, you go to the drop down menu and there's like 72 different things that you can give to. How many know that can be confusing? You know, do I give a dollar a week here and $10 a week here? And, and what you have is you kind of have people picking out, you know, what's important to them. So we decided, what if we do it this way? What if we take all the buckets and put them in one bucket? And instead of doing it this way, what if we put it all in one bucket? And that's called Kingdom Builders. So I give the tithe and I give the kingdom builders. And when I give the kingdom builders, I'm giving to benevolence. I'm giving to live dead. I'm giving to project rescue. Now, the reason I call it a giant mutual fund is because those of you that invest, you know that you're trusting somebody to take your money 
and, and to get you as good a return as possible, right? And so what we do at our church is we pick the best of the best of the projects, the needs that we feel are the most important, and we're going to take the money that you give to Kingdom Builders, and, and with God's help, we're going to, uh, we're going to fund all of these all of these projects, all of these opportunities as God provides through all of us together through kingdom builders. Are, does this make sense, everybody? And so we eliminate the confusion. There's just one, there's the tithe bucket and there's the kingdom builder bucket. And, and that's how kingdom builder works at our church. Now, uh, well, pastor, what, what are we gonna do in 2023 for kingdom builders? Well, uh, on the screen, you're gonna see a QR code and some of you have already received this link by uh, text earlier today. But if you click on that or you pull out your phone and you look at this QR code, you're going to see about 30 projects that it is our goal uh, to fund this year through Kingdom Builders. Now, let me tell you that uh, the first percentage of our income goes to support missionaries on a monthly basis. And for us, we currently support about 250 a month. Our goal this next year is to support 350 per month. And all that is, is the tithe of the tithe. Right? So we want you to give the kingdom builders to do everything else. Project Rescue, Celebrate Recovery, the Food Pantry, Benevolence, Serve Day, all of these things that we do. And here's what we're gonna do uh, throughout the year. Uh, we're going to pull out different buckets and we're going to highlight them and we're going to say, you know, uh, you know, live dead. We've got this opportunity to do something amazing in China. So let's, let's, let's fill this bucket up or, or convoy of hope, uh, or, Hey, we're going to do, uh, this project here. One of these, well, wouldn't you know, it'd be the last one. Talk amongst yourselves. All right. Hey, Convoy of Hope, later this year in the month of August, we're going to devote an entire week to Convoy of Hope. It's going to be called Hope Week. And we're going to highlight all the things that Convoy of Hope does, including training our own local emergency response team. How many think that's a good idea? All right. And so throughout the, throughout the year, we'll take about eight different Kingdom Builder offerings uh, for one of these projects that you see uh, on that QR code, gracekingdombuilders.org. So you'll have plenty of opportunities to give, but what I'm asking you to do today is to make a commitment to give on a regular basis to kingdom builders. That, that's, that's our heart. But how much do I give, Pastor Wayne? That's a great question, and it's one that I can't answer for you. We know what the Bible says about the 10th. That's pretty clear. But what does the Bible say about over and above? That's really up to you. You need to talk to God about that. You should talk to your family about that. If you're a business, uh, I would encourage you to have a serious discussion about taking some of your business profits and investing it in kingdom builders because that is, it, it's a partnership in making a difference through the world. That, that's what 
that's what we're asking you to do today. Um, I think the right question for us to ask is not what should I give to kingdom builders this year? And the right question should be, what could God do through me, through kingdom builders this year? That's the right question. God, what, what do you want to do through me, through touching this community and the world, through our church? Here's what Paul said. We'll go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll start reading again from verse 6. This is from the New Living Translation. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each, there it is again, decide in your heart. It's a heart issue. How much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Let me pause again and say, no one in this room should feel pressure at any level. If you're watching online, our heart, our goal is not pressure, 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 give, give, give. No, 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 no. It's a heart issue. Let's, let's take this to Jesus and let's talk about it. Because God loves a person who gives how? I don't have to give. I get to give. And God will generously provide all you need. How many know that's a pretty awesome promise? And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with, share with, why does God bless you, people? He blesses us to be a blessing. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides. Say that with me. God is the one who provides. I'm going to give you one more chance to say it with me. God is the one who provides. Seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide. I want you to say this with me. He will provide. I love that. And increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So when we take these gifts and we give it to Convoy of Hope and the people on the ground in Turkey and the people that were affected by Hurricane Ian in Florida last fall, they're going to thank God because somebody in Indiana had the heart of generosity to make a difference in their lives. And when we deliver the funds to those kids who need to go to camp but they can't afford to, Come on, somebody. And we know that that experience is good. And we, and, we, and we deliver that scholarship to that student that needs to go on a missions trip because we know if we get them outside the context of this country and they actually see the need all around the world, they will never be the same. They're going to thank God. So God says, the reason to be generous is I'll be generous to you. And the reason is, is because you get it. You understand. I'm a generous God, and I want you to be like me to be generous as well. When you think about it, this is not a money conversation. 
This is a discipleship conversation. When we talk about knowing God, we're talking about knowing his heart, knowing his, his, his love, knowing his generosity. I want to be like that. So what could God do through me this year in Kingdom Builders? You know, for some of you, it might be $100 a month. Some, it might be $100 a week. Some, maybe it's much more than that. Maybe it's $1,000 a month. Some, I know some people have, uh, they don't put a, a dollar figure on it. They put a percentage. I'm going to give 10% to the Lord and returning the tithe to him, but I'm going to give to kingdom builders a percentage of my income as well. My mom, for years and years before she passed away, her goal was to give away 20% of her income every year. And she was not rich. Let's do what God puts in our hearts to do, right? Not reluctantly, not under pressure. What is God, what do you want me to do? Why would I give? Because my heart's been touched by God. I'm going to give you one more illustration if I could have help one more time. And uh, would you help me say thanks to all of the people who are helping me today? There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. These guys showed up early to make sure we have all of this right. We appreciate it so much. All right. So let's, let's say, let's say you're out to dinner at your favorite restaurant. Okay. Whatever, whatever your favorite restaurant is. And let's say that you've got three guests uh, with you at dinner. And, and on this, in this seat right here, uh, your guest, and all of these guests are kingdom builder people that we've partnered with over the years. So at this table to my left, her name is Lauren. Lauren serves in Libya. She teaches Muslim women English so that they'll have a chance in their culture that demeans women and degrades women. But as she teaches them English, she also builds a relationship with them and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she's part of a church planning team. And the goal is not to just teach them English. They want to plant the church in the unreached people groups there in Libya. She risks her life every single day. And she's been serving there for more than 10 years. I'm glad Lauren could join us for dinner. On the seat across from you, his name is Chris. And, and I can't even tell you the, the name of the country that he serves in because it's so sensitive there that if, if he were to be found out that he were actually a missionary in that country, he would get kicked out of the country and the people that he knows on the ground from that country would likely be killed. As a matter of fact, in the people group that he serves, uh, 80% of them who get saved and baptized in water will be martyred for their faith in the first year of them being baptized in water. So he knows, Chris knows, and by the way, these are, these are real people I'm telling you about. These are people that I know. Some of them have been in this church. Chris knows that if he invites them to give their life to Jesus, 80% of them, he's inviting them to be a martyr. But they serve, they toil, Oh, by the way, Chris has cancer. 
He's been fighting cancer for the last two years. Many times he flies back to the U.S. while his wife continues the ministry there in that country that they serve. So glad Chris could join us for dinner. On my right, there's a uh, college-age girl who grew up in India. She grew up in the red light district where she literally slept underneath the bed where her mom was forced into service. But Project Rescue came along and invited her and her mom to live in a home like we have funded in the past through Kingdom Builders. Thankfully, she was rescued. Her mom was rescued and she lived in that home. She learned English. She learned she learned so much. God delivered, saved. She came to America and a couple of years ago, she graduated from Stanford with a business degree. And now she's working together with Project Rescue back in her home country, rescuing and saving more people's lives. These are our guests for dinner. So the meal's over. Here comes the server. They drop the check on the table. What are you going to do? You grab that check. This check is mine. Are you kidding me? I get to help you do what you do. What you're doing for the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community and all around the world, risking your lives, battling through cancer, literally overcoming death, breaking curses off of generations. I get to pay the bill. I'm paying this bill. This is my privilege. What a privilege it is to pay the check for these heroes, these men and women who are going all over the world to change the world for Jesus Christ. See, that's what Kingdom Builders is. Kingdom Builders is you and me picking up the check. And I'm gonna help pay for this. And if they need a building, I'm giving. And if they need material or a vehicle, I'm giving. If they need money to start a business so they can legally be in a country they're not supposed to be in as missionaries, that's what we're gonna be doing. I'm taking the check and I get to pay for this. I don't care what you ordered. I don't care how big the bill is. This is mine. And you know what I say? I walk away from a meal like that and I say, God, thank you that I got to pick up the bill. Thank you, Lord, that I even get to be in relationship with these people. Thank you, Lord, that, that I, I get to be a some small part of what you're doing in the world. And that's what Kingdom Builders is all about. So today, let's pick up the bill. Let's pick up the check for these men and women. And let's change the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to the Grace Assembly of God podcast so you're up to date on all sermons. Also, if you want more Grace content, make sure you subscribe to the Deeper Grace podcast, where Pastor Wayne will dive deeper into his most recent message. Have a great week, and God bless.